the Rangers head into a critical weekend series against the Rays, and some great starting pitching matchups are happening this weekend. But should the Rangers be looking to bolster their rotation after the injury to Jacob deGrom? We're going to look at five starting pitchers the Rangers could trade for, how these teams stack up, and a little bit of prospect talk on this Friday. All that and more on this episode of Locked On Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on to the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Paddock, a cripplingly addicted Texas Rangers fan since 2010, the founder and host for all five seasons of this Locked On Rangers podcast. Today is Friday, June 9th. Your Rangers are 40-21 and 21 alone atop the AL West with a five-game lead over those Astros. Thank you all so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Paddock. You can follow the show at Locked On Rangers. Subscribe on YouTube where the best way you can help grow the show is to comment nearly any single thing below. Before we get into today's episode, this episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Now, I know I said on yesterday's episode that the Rangers shouldn't trade for a starting pitcher with Jacob deGrom out, especially after great performances from John Gray and Nathan Eovaldi. Both of those guys have been two of the best starting pitchers in the entire American League this year, and we're seeing a little bit better performance from Martin Perez, still inconsistent. Some decent performances from Andrew Heaney. Maybe Dane Dunning's falling back down to earth, but he's still been exceptional. But there is a scenario in which the Rangers should trade for starting pitching. If they're going to go for it, then they have got to go all in for it and and go for mainly big guys if there are some guys that they're going for if anybody if they're trading for anybody then i think the baseline has to be that they are going to be your number three starter at this point in the season you got to have confidence that they are going to start multiple games of a playoff series for you otherwise i don't think that a trade is going to be worth it now some of these guys are going to be more expensive than the others we're going to go with the probably least expensive in terms of prospect capital to go ahead and get uh, to most expensive. The most expensive is going to be uh, very exciting. But right now, Nathan Evaldi and John Gray, I don't think there's anybody that the Rangers are trading for that is going to be better than those guys. Maybe there's one guy on this list who might be better than than one of those guys. Um, But even that guy isn't having a better season than either of those two. So let's start with, I think, the least expensive player on this list. This is a guy who the Rangers actually just saw. His name is Jack Flaherty. The Rangers just saw him against in that one nothing loss and uh, got got pretty handled by him. Flaherty is an interesting case. He's a guy who's a, a former top prospect, had a lot of shine on him, a former first-round pick by the Cardinals back in 2014. Had a couple of really, really good seasons, including a year where he finished fourth in Cy Young voting back in 2019, but there have been a lot of injuries to him for the last several years. Hasn't pitched more than 78 in the third innings since 2019. Had 40 innings in 2020, which I guess... That was kind of about average for that season, but only 78 innings in 2021, 36 innings last year, 69 and third innings this year. He has been much better, but the walks have been a big, big problem for him. 5.2 walks per nine, 9.3 strikeouts per nine, a 4.15 ERA in 13 starts, and like I said, 69 and a third innings. The the walks in the command and control has been a, a big problem for him so far this year, but he is getting a decent amount of whiffs in the 68th percentile for whiffs, not getting hit very hard in terms of uh, hard hit rate and average exit velocity, both those in the top 20% of baseball. Expected slugging is in the top third of baseball. No one's barreling him up that much or expected batting average that high. 
strikeout rate is, is right about average, and the fastball is still pretty good spin rate, but only averaging 93 miles an hour. I think with a better framing catcher like Jonah Heim, that could be improved. We've seen the upside for this guy. He is 27 years old. He is a free agent at the end of this year, so I don't think that it would be too big a cost to go ahead and get him, but the only question is, are the Cardinals going to be competing for the division, or are they going to still be one of the worst teams in the entire National League? If they are you know, one of the worst teams, then selling off Jack Flaherty might be the move for them. They're probably going to ask for some pitching prospects in return for him, but I don't think it would be all that expensive. If he continues pitching about like he is, then I don't necessarily think that he would be better than Martin Perez or maybe even Andrew Heaney, but I think he would fill a spot and you could move Dane Dunning back into the bullpen as your long reliever and have some insurance if somebody does go down with an injury, one of your remaining starting pitchers does go down, that you're not going to have to turn to Cody Bradford for 10, 15, however many starts until that starter gets back. Uh, the next guy on this list is also a guy who's a free agent at the end of this year. Another guy who's a former top prospect, one of the top prospects in all of baseball at one point. That is Red or White Sox starter Lucas Giolito. He is 28 years old, having a, a pretty decent season so far this year. 13 games started, 74 innings, 76 stri- strikeouts, and a 3.75 ERA. He is a, a former guy who was one of the top pitching prospects in all of baseball. I believe it was the um, the uh, what, what was the trade? Um, Adam Eaton, I believe, was the trade that sent him from the Nationals to the White Sox. He is one of the top picks. Um, in terms of draft value, number 16 overall pick by the Nationals, a guy who had at one point graded out a 80 fastball and an 80 curveball. Um, hasn't quite lived up to that hype, but has, has been pretty solid. His walk rate is in the top half of baseball, top 60%. Strikeout rate and whiff rate, both of those um, in the top 58% of baseball. Extension's pretty good. Spin rate's not great, averaging 93 miles an hour on the fastball, but he's a pretty decent starter, and we've seen him go on stretches where he has been absolutely electric. I think he could definitely be worth the price for the Rangers, especially this is also going to come down to is he going to be on a team that is tanking? He's also in a terrible division in the AL Central, so maybe the White Sox could stumble their way into contention there. I don't necessarily think they're going to do that, but it is definitely a possibility, and if they do that, then they're probably not going to trade Lucas Giolito. But it's definitely a guy who the Rangers, I think, should keep an eye on and, and could have some upside for them if they want to go out and get him. Maybe a guy he'll keep on an, out, an eye on in free agency. Definitely a guy who I've liked for quite a while. He's having a pretty decent season this year. Had a, a pretty decent season, if memory serves, last year um, and has had some some pretty okay years for the White Sox. Not quite the guy who everyone thought he was going to be when he was drafted and for the first couple years in minor league baseball when he was dominating, but still a really solid, serviceable pitcher that could give the Rangers a little bit of depth. The next guy on this list, I think might be, we're starting to get a little bit more expensive. This is Alex Cobb, who pitches for the San Francisco Giants. He is a little bit on the older side, does have a $10 million team option for next year or a $2 million buyout, Um, but he is 35 years old, having a really solid season, a 2.2 baseball reference war so far this year through 13 starts a 301 era 71 strikeouts in one out shy of 75 innings and the walks are very good 2.3 walks per nine just 0.7 home runs per nine he's been very solid for the giants had an era under four each of the last two seasons had 28 starts for the giants last year uh just one out shy of 150 innings and then in 2021 93 and a third innings for the angels has been a pretty solid consistent starter for most of his career has had a little bit of injury issues but this year he's been 
fairly healthy, and I think that he could give the Rangers some depth. Not an elite strikeout guy, but pretty solid and you know fits in with the Rangers' plan of, of getting guys who don't walk anybody. That is something that the Rangers have really valued this year. Andrew Heaney has been pretty much the only one who's who's been on the the worst side of that but everybody has a every starter has a walks per nine under four this year and everybody outside of Andrew Heaney has under three walks per nine this year for the Rangers that is been a big recipe for success for this team getting guys who don't beat themselves with walks Nathan Eovaldi at 1.6 walks per nine John Gray at 2.4 walks per nine and uh well Jacob DeGrom was at 1.2 walks per nine to 13.4 strikeouts per nine it's just absolutely insane and again a real freaking shame that he is not going to be in this rotation come playoff time because i think that if the rangers had him their top one two three of Degrom, Ivaldi, and john gray that that would be the best in baseball right now the rangers are going to th- see three really good pitchers this weekend coming up we're going to look at a couple more guys that the rangers could trade for including one that i think might might break your brain just a little bit and a little bit of a series preview looking at how the Rays have been so good and how the Rangers stack up with them. But first, this episode is brought to you by Game Time. If you're looking to go to some last-minute Rangers game this season, then Game Time is the perfect app for you. The Rangers are a lot of fun. Getting tickets can not always be the most fun experience. You know, sometimes you want to plan months in advance, but you you know, why don't you forget that? Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. You can get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The Game Time Guarantee means you always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% the difference. You can get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you are all set. Um, so tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you'll never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Shout out to the everydayers for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day on Monday's show. I'll be breaking down this crucial weekend series. The Rangers take on the Rays this weekend. You can catch every pitch for the hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, the next guy on this list is also a team that had some contention aspirations this year. I don't, and it also. I picked a lot of teams in the central divisions because I think a lot of those teams are garbage and eventually will be sellers this year. Not a whole lot of guys there uh, are teams there that I think are necessarily going to be um, competing for wild card spots in either central AL or NL. But this guy is leading uh, the Cubs right now. Marcus Stroman, the 32 year old pitcher for Chicago. He has a 2.39 ERA, 13 games started, including a complete game shutout this year. 79 innings pitched, 69 strikeouts, 3.1 walks per nine to 7.7 Ks per nine, just 0.6 home runs per nine, and 5.9 hits per nine. He has not been allowing a whole lot of hits, a whole lot of contact, or a whole lot of anything this year. He has been very good for the Cubs this year. Was pretty solid for them last year, and pretty solid for the Mets. The year before that i mean basically since 2019 which was his first all-star season that was with toronto and also with the mets um opted out during uh, covid in 2020 but has been really really solid since 2019 uh, has an era under three of uh, three and a half or lower every year since 2019 this year um like i said that 239 era would be the first year 
uh, the first full season in the big leagues outside of unless you count four starts with Toronto in 2015, which I don't necessarily count as a full season, that he has an ERA below three. He had a 302 ERA in 179 innings with the Mets in 2021. And like I said, 350 in 25 starts, 138 and two-thirds innings in his first year in Chicago. Last year, he's been really solid. The advanced numbers aren't quite as exciting as as I would have expected. His fastball spin rate is in the top 20% of baseball. He's in the top 10% of baseball in not getting barreled up. But his hard hit rate is in the bottom half expected batting average, uh, strikeout rate, um, walk rate, whiff rate, average exit velocity, uh, all those in the bottom half of baseball. And his extension is in the fifth percentile. Um, and he's 5'7", which is very confusing um, that how he's having this level of success, getting that little extension while being listed at 5'7". But he's had a lot of success. And I think that he his track record speaks for itself. I don't know if I'd necessarily put him ahead of Martin Perez. I, I think I might. I think he'd be pretty close to putting him ahead of starting Martin Perez or Andrew Heaney in a game three of a playoff series. But I think that he could definitely help the Rangers. He has got a player option for $25 million next year. Um, he is going to be probably fairly expensive in terms of prospect capital, um, especially given the amount of teams that are looking to trade for starting pitching that have really, really deep farm systems. The Dodgers are one. The Baltimore Orioles are also one. I think they could be in on Marcus Stroman. They have a lot of prospect capital, a lot of really, really good prospects, and probably a deeper farm system than the Rangers. Not a whole lot of teams, I think, can say that. Um, that they have a deeper farm system than the Rangers, but I think Baltimore and the Dodgers are definitely two teams that could say that, and they are going to be trading for starting pitching. So it's going to be tough if the Rangers do decide to go all in for some starting pitching. But if they're going to go all in for starting pitching, then, you know, why not? Why are we overthinking what the Rangers uh, thought they might end up doing in the offseason? And the last guy on this list is Corbin Burns. You may be saying, well, the Milwaukee Brewers are in first place. Why would they think about trading their Cy Young winner? Well, after arbitration last year, after his contract negotiation for two years in a row, it was in arbitration is such a weird concept where teams are arguing against their own players to say, no, you're actually not this good. You shouldn't make this much money. And Corbin Burns kind of took it personally. It's It's been a struggle. He's very open about how frustrating the process was and he felt like he wasn't valued by his team. And um, that that can kind of get to some players and I can understand why your own employer is telling you to your face actually you're not nearly as good as you think you are you don't really deserve nearly as much money as you think you do and he's lost his his arbitration case uh, I think two years in a row um, and that kind of that kind of wears on you so the re- relationship is really going down south there he is going to be he's got I think two years under control two more seasons including this year and one more year under team control and uh I don't think that the Brewers are going to resign him. They all are a small market team that doesn't spend a whole lot of money. He's been an all-star the last two years. He's finished at least seventh in the Cy Young voting every year since 2020. And he won the Cy Young in 2021 and also got you know 15th place in terms of MVP votes that year. He pitched 167 innings, a 243 ERA, which was the best in the National League. 234 strikeouts that season, 12.6 Ks per nine. In his career, his big league career, he has a 323 ERA. In 148 games, 87 of those are starts, 593 innings, um, 11.3 strikeouts per nine, 2.5 walks per nine. This year has been a down year for him. A 3.36 ERA in 13 starts, 77 and two-thirds innings, 75 strikeouts, 3.2 walks per nine, and 8.7 Ks per nine. Not looking like 
the Corbin Burns of old, but all of his expected numbers are looking really freaking good. His fastball is still in the 99th percentile in terms of spin rate. The velocity is in the top half of baseball. Curveball is, is spinning like crazy. He throws the cutter 54% of the time at 94 miles an hour. Curveball, changeup, and slider as well as four seamer his four seamer actually throws the least amount of the time because he is a very unique pitcher but a very very effective one if the rangers want to break the bank if the rangers want to really go all in on this year then trading for corbin burns might be the way it's going to cost a lot of prospect capital a lot of probably two out of your top three prospects i think is what it might cost and it's going to be really, really difficult for the Rangers to pay that price. Maybe maybe they'll even look at some of the Rangers' young major leaguers that are doing well. Maybe they'll try and ask for a Josh Young or an Ezekiel Duran. I think the Rangers would, would balk at Josh Young, but maybe Ezekiel Duran is, is where it starts from there. And then I'm sure they're going to ask for Evan Carter. I don't know if the Rangers would necessarily include him, but... Um, yeah, it's going to be expensive if they want to go get Corbin Burns, but if you're going to go ahead and trade for a starting pitcher, you're going to have to outbid some teams that will be very, very desperate. Like I said, Baltimore and uh, and the Dodgers, and also the New York Yankees are, are still very much in it, and they could use some pitching help because they have gotten a lot of injuries to their starting pitchers. They have a deep farm system as well. I don't think it's as deep as the Rangers, but they still have a lot of talent down there that if they want to go big, go all in on this year, that first year of the new Aaron Judge contract, then... This is, this is a guy who I think they're going to look at, and I think everybody is going to look at, and everybody knows the relationship with the Brewers has gone south, um, but still, I think everybody is going to be asking around about Corbin Burns. They were definitely asking around about him this offseason, and if the Brewers do falter and one of those other NL Central teams that have been kind of mid starts rising, like the Reds, who just called up bunch of different guys including Ellie De La Cruz who's one of the most exciting players in all of baseball and he's only been up for like four games and they start to encroach on the Brewers and the Pirates keep up what they've been doing like I, I think they will and the Cardinals pull out of their complete nosedive or maybe even the Cubs start to figure it out I, I don't know about that one but still the Brewers are by no means safe in their own division that is very trash and Corbin Burns is probably the type of you know a little bit crazy move that I, I think that the Brewers would definitely consider. The Rangers have to overpay quite a bit to get this guy. Um, but still, imagine a rotation next year that uh, starts with Jacob deGrom in, in the playoffs if if he is healthy and if it isn't Tommy John surgery. A playoff rotation of Game 1, Jacob deGrom. Game 2, Corbin Burns. Game 3, Nate Eovaldi. Game 4, John Gray is just... Whew. With this lineup, I don't know that the Rangers would lose a single game in the playoffs if they, if they had that fully healthy, fully actualized rotation with this lineup as well. But let's look a, take a quick look at this, speaking of this fully actualized uh, roster and being very freaking good. They're playing against a very freaking good Rays team that has been the best team in all of baseball. In terms of Pythagorean record, the Ray, Rangers actually have a better record, expected record, than the Tampa Bay Rays. The Rays' expected record is 44-20, and 20, which is just one game worse than their actual record of 45-19. and 19. The Rangers are 44 and uh, 17 with their Pythagorean record. So the Rangers expect to be just a little bit better than this Rays team. The depth of the Rangers lineup, I think, is a little bit better because the Rangers don't have a huge platoon situation. The Rays are very aggressive with platoons. Josh Lowe has an 884 OPS. Yes, that is Josh Lowe, not Brandon Lau. Josh Lowe is Nathaniel Lowe's brother. Brandon Lau is not related. He is also not playing the series. He is on the 15-day IL. They also have Wander Franco, who is the baseball reference war leader for all of Major League Baseball at 3.6 already they have a starting a startling rotation of started with uh, Shane McClanahan Zach Eflin has been really really good for them they also just got Tyler Glass now back the Rangers are going to see in this series um, and 
I think. Actually, no, they're not going to see him. They're going to see um, Taj Bradley um, in the series. No, no, no. I, I was right the first time. Glass now is going to be pitching on Friday. Bradley, I believe, on Saturday. And then Shane McClanahan on Sunday. This is an incredibly stacked rotation. That is, I think, the only one that stacks up with the Rangers in terms of one through five, how freaking good it is. Take a little bit of a look uh, at some of the injury issues that are facing the Rays and why I think the Rangers could really make a statement about their, themselves being the best team in all of baseball if they take this series. But first, this episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird dogs are going to be the most comfortable pair of pants or shorts you have ever bought. They are made of stretchy fabric designed to be slimmer and fit around the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but it fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts that are, that are made stiff and restricting cotton. Bird dog fixed the, this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird Dog uses anti-stink sweat technology wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. You can go walk around all day, even in the Texas heat, and you will not be sweating through your shorts as long as those shorts are Bird Dogs. They are so comfortable. I promise you are not going to want to take them off. I know I haven't since I got myself a couple pairs of Bird Dogs. So go if you want to get yourself a pair, go to birddogs.com slash MLB. Enter promo code LockedOnMLB for a free Yeti-style tumbler tumbler with your order that's birddogs.com slash locked on mlb for a free yeti style tumbler you won't want to take your bird dogs off we promise you Shout out to the Everydays for making Lockdown Rangers your first listen every day. Like I said, the Rangers taking on the Rays this weekend. You can catch every pitch with the hometown broadcast on the SiriusXM app. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, this team has also been bit by the injury bug. One of their best starting pitchers, Drew Rasmussen, is out probably for the year on the 60-day IL, and I don't know if that we're going to see him back. He had eight starts and a 2.62 ERA this season before going down um, with a massive injury. Jeffrey Springs, former Ranger great, was fantastic for them last year. This year, through three starts, he had 16 innings, 24 strikeouts, and a 0.56 ERA, but I believe he is also done for the year on the 60-day IL. Garrett Clevenger, another one of their pitchers, is on the 60-day IL. Pete Fairbanks, uh, and uh, also Zach Littell, both former Ranger greats um, are both on the 15-day IL. They have had some issues in their bullpen. Jalen Beeks has an ERA round six. They are using the second most of all of their relievers um, or in the top five. Kevin Kelly has a four ERA. Ryan Thompson was used 16 times this year as a 660 ERA. They've had some bullpen issues as well, and they might be some of the Rangers' biggest competition if the Rangers do decide to make some big trades for bullpen help this year. I think these teams stack up really, really evenly. I think the top end of the Rangers rotation might be a smidge better, at least the one-two punch. Shane McClanahan might be the best pitcher in all of Major League Baseball. A 202 ERA in 13 games started, 75 and two-thirds innings, 87 strikeouts, 10 points. 10.3 Ks per nine, 3.4 walks per nine, 6.9 hits per nine, which is pretty darn nice on this June 9th day. But I think this is going to be a fantastic series. This is the most excited I think I've been for any regular series for the Rangers in so many years. And I am just, I am going to be watching every single pitch, taking notes, holding my breath at just every single outcome. And, and you should too. Enjoy this while it lasts. The spotlight is on the Rangers, the national attention. Everybody in baseball is going to be focused on this series. It could be an ALCS preview. Like that's how that's how important this is. And there's not going to be a whole lot of matchups between these two teams. The Rangers are getting some really good starting pitching matchups in this one. I wish they could have John Gray and Nate Eovaldi throw in this one, but 
hey, just having Nate Ivaldi throw uh, in this weekend series is going to be a lot of fun to watch. The Rays are a lot of fun to watch. The Rangers are a lot of fun to watch. I honestly cannot wait for this weekend series. But it is Friday, which means Farm Friday. So we're going to take a little bit of a look at the minor leagues and award my minor league player of the week. This one goes to Brock Porter. Five innings in his last Friday start, a career high with those five innings. Only one unearned run, no earned runs, a hit by pitch, one walk, seven strikeouts, and just two hits. His season ERA is down to 0.8. 8-9 on the year. He has been exceptional this year. The walks have been a little bit of a problem for him this year. Uh, 17 walks in 30 in a third innings. But a lot of that was early on, and it's still going to be a recurring issue for him because he is reworking his delivery. He is a, a big old boy completely reworking um, what how he is throwing. He had a, a kind of really funky, not super repeatable delivery coming into the Rangers system. He's 6'4", 208, just turned 20 years old. Um, actually about a week ago. So uh, happy belated birthday to Brock Porter. The 20-year-old is is looking really good. 42 strikeouts in those 30 and a third innings. A whip under one at 0.99. Really keeping those batters off base and uh, completely full. I think his changeup is way too good for that level, but he is still ironing out those mechanics. Once he gets a better feel for those, we'll get a better picture of, I think, how advanced he truly is. The stuff is really, really nice. I think of all the Rangers pitchers in their system, he might just have the highest ceiling. I think Kumar Rocker might be you know, the 100th percentile outcome or even like 90th percentile outcome for Kumar Rocker might be a little higher than Brock Porter, but I'm not entirely sure. He is so young and at such a young level and has so much promise. There's a reason why the Rangers made him the highest paid fourth round pick ever. Now, part of that was because Kumar Rocker took less bonus money, but still the Rangers really believe in this kid. They're doing a lot of work on him. And so far, the early signs are very, very promising. There is no such thing as a pitching prospect, but Brock Porter might just be one if there was such thing as a pitching prospect. A great week for him. I think he's starting tonight um, for Down East. So hopefully we'll see him build on that outing and have another strong start as well. Very encouraging stuff for him. Um, A little bit of other news around the system. Evan Carter is now in the top 10 prospects overall top 100 prospects in all baseball um, in the top 10, I should say prospects in all baseball for MLB pipeline and baseball America. I believe he is ninth in both of those different top 100 ratings, not necessarily anything he did in the month of May. I mean, I think they're also taking into account his incredible April, um, which he was already pretty high on both of their lists in the top, I believe 30 prospects in all of baseball on both of those lists, at least the top 40. And now he has jumped all the way up into the top 10. Part of that is because of graduations. A part of that is because Evan Carter is just really dang good, hoping that the month of June is much kinder to him than the month of May was. He was working th- working through um, a little bit of an, a pain, not an injury. Like he's playing hurt, not injured in the month of May. And he was able to take some time off. I'm not sure he's back on the active roster yet, but I'm sure he will be fairly soon. Didn't seem like a super serious injury, but they wanted to give him a few days off his feet because May was so brutal for him. Still cracking in the top 10 prospects in all of baseball is a, a real huge hat tip to what he did in the month of April and belief that he will do it again in the month of June, or maybe something close to that. Another thing that you need to know about Rangers prospects. Anthony Gutierrez, who is one of the top, I believe, probably 10 
prospects in the Rangers system. I think I had him in my top 10 or, or just outside of it. Maybe definitely in my top 15. He's an 18 year old who started the year in down East and it was a little bit too much for him. So the Rangers sent him down to the Arizona complex league. Didn't have any astonishingly bad numbers in down East, um, but just not super encouraging hit 246 and on base of 299 and slug just 303. Not a whole lot of power, just one home run, one triple and two doubles in 31 games, 122 plate appearances at down East. East. He was still walking at a pretty decent rate, nine walks to 27 strikeouts and 10 stolen bases for him. And his first game in the complex league, he got off to a bang, two for three with a triple and a single. And um, yeah, no walks, no strikeouts, pretty, pretty solid debut in the complex league um, for this season. I'm a believer in Anthony Gutierrez. I think he'll figure it out. I think that ACL is probably the best place for him. He is very young. He is 18 years old. So full season ball to start the year. was an aggressive assignment. He held his own, wasn't completely overmatched, but I think that him getting a little bit more reps against players who he is much better than to build that confidence back up to get back up to down East by the end of the year, I think will be good for him now. And I want to close this out since I did talk about a lot of trades, which prospects I think are the most likely to be traded in my top three. Number one, it's, I think it's no surprise that uh, Justin Foscue is probably the top guy on the trading block for the Rangers hitting 278 with an on-base of 408 this year, slugging 493 and OPS just one point above 900 with eight home runs, four triples and 12 doubles, four triples for him in um, 55 games this year is kind of surprising for a guy who doesn't have a whole lot of speed he's a good player just very much position blocked and i don't think that the rangers are going to find a way to fit him into their major league roster i think he could help some teams i think he could be a major leaguer right now and hold his own with his bat but the rangers just don't have a spot for him because their offense is so freaking deep um other guy i think is also going to be very much on the trading block is luis and Acuna having a really good season as a shortstop for double a the little brother of ronald Acuna jr he is not that he is not the guy who is breaking all kinds of stat cast records right now and on pace for a 30 60 season but he's a very good player and i think an everyday major leaguer at shortstop eventually obviously not right now but he's 21 years years old and more than holding his own in double a i think that he comes he is in a place of depth for the rangers they have ezekiel duran they have josh smith and i think that he could definitely be one of the guys on the trading block and even though he's technically not a prospect i think josh smith um, is also a guy who i think a lot of teams are going to really like with the shift restrictions they're looking there's more value in a guy who can really pick it on the dirt at shortstop second base third base and he can even pick it in the outfield left field maybe a little bit of center field hasn't played a whole lot of center field but he can really hold his own at those positions can put together some really really nice at bats and as much as i like him i think he might be um more depth than the rangers necessarily need because they have ezekiel duran as their backup shortstop right now and he's going to be playing left field every day um which is a pretty valuable thing for the rangers but still i think those three guys are going to be the most likely prospects to be traded if the rangers do go big for one of these starting pitchers or go medium for one of the smaller starting pitchers i think those guys would definitely be at the top of the list for guys to be included in a trade that's going to do it for today's show and until next time don't forget to enjoy first place texas rangers baseball